The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. There's a hoop ball presentation, so make sure to check out Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets, online hoop-ball.com. We just did uh, just a mega draft live show a couple days ago that was exciting in fact my guest is on as well we're going to get him on here in a minute uh we may have some free agency plans coming down the pipeline so just throwing that out there too um a lot of stuff going on just definitely make sure to check them out again on twitter at hoop ball tweets online hoop dash ball.com we are continuing on with our offseason outlooks for teams and i am just pumped excited to have my friend the host of the hoop ball hawks podcast all around hawks expert Let's get Brad Harden up in here. You can find him on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 67 B-R-A-D-J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. He's all things Hawks, man. I'm excited to have him on. Brad, how you doing, bro? Man, I'm doing fantastic, Corbin. It's just a blessing to be on here to talk Hawks. I mean, you know, I can do that backwards, forwards, to a, a blank wall in front of me, to a host of, of, of guests, man. I'm just, I'm just ready to, I'm just blessed to be on this podcast with you today and just ready to show our listeners Hey, this bandwagon, this is this is real. I mean, there's gonna be some seats available for next year. People may think it's full, but um, like I said, but not like Drake. Uh, you don't have to run, we're gonna have some seats available. See, this is about, dude, he's gonna drop at least five or six clicks on you here. This is gonna be a treat, y'all. Definitely. <laughs> Let's talk about these Hawks, man. Uh, they finished fifth in the Eastern Conference, 41 and 31. Um, offensive, they were eighth offensive rating, 21st defensive rating, 10th net rating. It was kind of a tale of two seasons, at least from what I saw. You had the first 30, 34 games coached by Lloyd Pierce. They went 14-20. He was dismissed. In fact, I got to give my flowers to Brad. We're going to talk about it in a minute because I was very heated. I thought Lloyd Pierce should have gotten more of a shot. And Brad talked some truth into me. And then this goes to the second part. Nate Millen takes over. He turns it on his head with the same roster. Only one addition, addition of what, Lou Williams. They go 27-11. and 11. Uh, beat the Knicks in the first round, four games to one. Beat the 76ers in the semifinals, four games to three. That was a tough seven-game series. Finally coming to a finish, losing. And you could have said they might have won that, too, had there not been injured Trey Young. They lost that in six games to the eventual champion, Buck. So, first, I got to throw it to Brad with the question, um, basically your personal recap. And I'm glad I get to hear from you because not only did you take this team that we were like, ah, myself especially, I was like, Listen, Lloyd Pierce is getting the most out of this team. What did we expect the Hawks to go? And then Nate Millen basically says, shut up. <laughs> and I got to tell it to you, Brad, what, what, what happened this year for the Hawks? So there were some reports, you know, reported through the Athletic that there were some rumblings in the locker room that, you know, there wasn't the best relationship between some of the key players for the Hawks and Lloyd Pierce. And, I mean, it started – you kind of saw it in the media. If you watch post-game interviews, uh, Lloyd referred to the players a lot. If there was something going on, they were like, oh, well, we need to get more shots up. We need to do this. We need to do that. But in his rhetoric, he was talking about the players. You never heard what did the coaching staff have to do? What were some of the adjustments that needed to be made? And the, the players felt like he was not approachable. He was not open to anything. And when you have a coach that, basically agrees with the, you know, Jerry uh, Colangelo uh, for the uh, Olympic team uh, who puts the roster together. When you basically have your head coach publicly agree with him saying that, yeah, Trey Young doesn't belong on the Olympic team. And then you have 
you know, the 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 visibly, you know, the in the huddle. Trey Young being dismissive, not listening to him in the huddle. And I think, and it wasn't just him, it was John Collins had issues, Cam Reddish had issues, and there was another player that had an issue as well. But this was all reported in the athletic, and you visibly saw that this was a team that did not respect their coach because you they felt like they weren't being they it wasn't an open door policy they couldn't come to him to discuss it. and if you don't believe in your coach you're not going to get the best out of the team so it's not like we're not saying i'm not saying that they sandbagged purposely under lloyd pierce but if you don't believe if you work for an employer you don't believe in the company that you're in you're probably not going to give your all like you're you're not, you're, you're going to take a step back and, it, and I feel like this is one of those situations where they needed a change in the locker room, a, a different leader leading that locker room. And Nate McMillan was the perfect candidate. And I saw the role when we brought him in last offseason. I said, this is kind of the head coach in waiting. Not like he is young, protege. No. But if something happened, he was going to be the guy in – he he's tenured. He He's played the point guard position in the NBA at a high level for 10 plus seasons on a really good, for a really good franchise. Mm -hmm. And he just was a defensive coach. So there was things, he was just much more approachable and the team believed in him. And it's, and I, it's so, it's so crazy when you see a team, a, a group of players buy in and believe and you see what they got out of the got out of the roster that Lloyd Pierce was given to work with 27 and 11 to end obviously the regular season and then you get to the Eastern Conference Finals and you're arguably a Trey Young injury away from being in the finals versus the Phoenix Suns so I say all this before obviously I kick it back to you for the next question oh no for sure go on bro (laughs) The Hawks definitely exceeded expectations this year. I projected six seed, five seed, seven seed. That was the range that I projected. I projected about 38 wins max. And you win 41 games this year, 41, 42 games. I got to go back and look at the standings. But you you beat those projections. You beat the projections in the standings. No one gives you a chance against the Knicks, especially Stephen A. Stephen A., called blasphemy on Kendrick Perkins on national television on first take because Kendrick Perkins picked the Hawks and Hawks arguably could have swept them, arguably. And the Knicks are another team that overperformed too. And we're not trying to take away anything from the Knicks and now that rivalry, that's going to be an ESP team matchup next year. Just get ready, get your popcorn ready. Uh, you know how the New York fans are already gassing Trey Young's uh, hair, which, I mean, that's a low blow for me. You, 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 that's the you can't do that on someone's <laughs> You can't do genetics. You can't. But it, they over they overachieved this year, and it's really going to set the stage for the next five years or so. Where I think, legitimately, once we get through the Lakers Nets window, these next three years, in my opinion, I feel like both of those teams are probably going to win a title in the next three years. Like with the rosters Whoa. they have. With the, okay. Yeah, I think I think the Lakers in the Nets they're probably going to dominate. Get get rings in the next three years and i think those two three years to that was trey young is signed to a deal and obviously i'll talk about some other free agent things that can keep this core intact there's a legitimate window for the hawks uh after we get through the nets and the lakers reign in my opinion wow well i'm glad you gave just a perfect synopsis listen first of all just a taste of what you got here from brad you can find out who ball hawks he literally has gone down the entire season 
from the beginning all the way down to the postseason. He had a great episode on elaborating more on what he said about um, the awkward fit with Coach Lloyd Pierce and the team, which, again, I got to give credence to because I, I immediately was in your DMs going, this thing, right? I don't like it. How can you be? And, and look, Brad, you're and, and you have every, you, you have every right to be, mm-hmm. especially when you saw what Lloyd Pierce did in the community in Atlanta. Yes. It does rub some people the wrong way. And obviously the coaches in the NBA, they're going to step up for the coaches because, you know, they have their little fraternity as well. Mm-hmm. And you see Pop and Carlisle that say, hey, doing a great job in Atlanta, this and that. And he did do a great job in some regards. But when you're known as a player development coach and you're known as a defensive-minded coach, you have some player development, but how much can you really attribute to the head coach? And in defense, they were not great. The roster wasn't fit for defense, so I will give him that. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't a good fit in the, the perceive him the way that you need to receive a head coach when you want to be a team that is cracking the door into a potential championship window. I get what you're saying. Exactly. He wasn't getting the most of the potential out. And we could see that because, like you said, even with the Hawks overachieving under Coach McMillan, I mean, they did overachieve, which was something we weren't seeing happen at all under Pierce. So I appreciate you giving me that nuance there because that's where I was. I was like, this is wrong. And you're like, you're not going to get my, like, it was part on that. Just I felt Lord Pierce had done so, you know, I thought he had done decently. Um, I thought he'd done great in the community. And just like you said, the intangibles, like outside just coaching. But I also felt like, what are you supposed to do with this roster? Well, now we've seen with Coach Miller that there was so much more this could have gone and it just worked out the way it did. So I am glad that you pointed that out. Like I said, y'all, this is just one of many um, great pieces of insight you're going to get from Brad on the show. But I got to leave this to my next question, which is you you have this run. You know, it's, it's a sour finish. And it's not really as sour because of where you guys went, how close you were. That's where it goes. But you're looking now, you know, offseason here, draft just passed us. Uh, now we, we, we kind of have the, the free agency period starting a couple of days. Let's get your draft reactions. Um, we, were on, we were both on the Hoop Ball Draft live show, had an amazing time. I know you were on for your picks concerning the Hawks. I was on for the first 10 picks, which worked out great because my Lakers made the trade for Ross Westbrook. Really good time there. But what did you think about, I mean, first going to Hawk selections and then what was, or Hawk selections and then what did you feel about them, you know, as they happen and maybe where you are now a couple of days later? I thought the Hawks dunk in my for the draft because at, we, we're going to talk about the picks and I'll talk about both of them here okay. shortly. Cool, cool. I thought the best move that the Hawks did, and I talked about this in my show, was the move they didn't make, not trading Cam Reddish and not trading Chris Dunn before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll, we'll get to that in a minute as well. Yes, but, I think, we are. but I think holding on to Cam Reddish, I understand. They're like, yeah, we'll trade Cam Reddish and try to see if we can get further up into the draft. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frank. And I know that David Williams and Isaac, who cover the Grease, uh, shout out to you guys to listen to the program. They kind of felt some type of way about Memphis moving up and then getting a player with them moving up to 10 that they could have got at 17. I didn't want a situation like that for the Hawks, especially when there's affinity here in Atlanta for Cam Reddish. There are so many people here that just love Cam Reddish down here. And I see his potential. I see his, his ceiling is Paul George. With his intangibles, with his the hit the jump shot, his size, his defense, I see a potential – I see a potential Paul George figure, but the problem with Cam Reddish is that he hasn't been available. 
in his two years. When you are not available and you, and you have the fewest amount of tape, when you talk about Herter and Hunter, who he's battling minutes for, you have the least amount of tape. And I don't know when players, for me, after three years in the league, you kind of are who you are. And when you haven't had a size, reddish we still don't really know who he is we can be and that's what so many people try to sell me on and i even said the hawks would be stupid not to shop cash i said it and people crucified me imagine man, <laughs> man they were like bro did you see his playoff games i'm like you mean the two games like i said anybody can have a great two game stretch but we need to see a full body of work i need to see at least 68 games out of him out of 82 next year if we can get 68 games out of cam reddish i think we'll know who he is but so that's why as much as those rumors were coming out about moving up in the draft and using him as trade bait and chris dunn as well yeah i'm glad they stayed put because Jalen johnson is a slam dunk I think he's a slam dunk, especially for the value that people rate him at in the market. To get him at 20, you get a guy who could potentially replace Gallinari in a few years. Oh, wow. He's a guy who's going to be he's gonna be more athletic, young knees, because uh, we know that Gallo's a little stick kind of move like cardboard. 33, <laughs> yep. You, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to spit your drink out. You almost have my coffee but, going, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 I'm just but but I'm speaking facts. Y'all seen y'all seen Gallo. Yes. Y'all don't see no lift. There's no more pump faking these days. No more New York Knicks Gallinari. It's not even Denver Nuggets Gallinari. This guy is old man Gallo. Like walk up and shoot some threes, bro. Yes, exactly. And we gotta really set some really good screens to get him some clean looks. Jalen Johnson, I think, is a guy. Now he needs to continue to round on the offensive end. He had a good three-point shooting percentage at Duke, but 13 games, Duke cut their season short, small sample size. And I just feel like Duke, those other black, uh, those blue bloods in the NCAA, they sometimes kind of pigeonhole those really talented players mm. into certain roles for that team, but we really don't get to showcase all their skills. This guy is an athletic specimen. He's going to play defense. He loves to get steals, loves to block shots. Six nine with a almost seven foot wingspan. I feel like this is a guy who can okay. come in next year and make a defensive impact. And I'm not saying he's going to be a stopper of these players, but with his stature and his, and his ability to guard multiple position, I could see him as one of the many bodies we can throw at Giannis in the Eastern conference. I see I like that, that he's a guy with his long arms that can maybe track the shot of KD. Ain't nobody going to take from KD. That's hard. That's, KD is KD, but I can yeah. see that potential and have that coming off your bench. And I feel like the weakest part throughout the playoff series, when you watch each of the Hawks, you can probably agree to it. The weakest position because of the injuries to DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, obviously at different times or simultaneously some periods of time, a small forward position was a, peer, a, a position of weakness for the Hawks. And that was a glaring weakness mm-hmm. throughout the, so you get, Mr. Johnson, and you have DeAndre Hunter coming back next year, and you have Cam Reddish healthy next year. I think the true, I think the, those young forwards are going to really be key going forward. And then you get Sharif Cooper in the second row, who's just a playmaker at Auburn. I mean, in 12 games, it, both both guys we had had small slipped a bit, yeah. Size, but when it, but in their small sample size, they balled. The fact that this dude in 12 games, dude obviously had the NCAA suspension. He got reinstated and played. Powder Springs, Georgia native, so a, a native of suburban Atlanta. This guy, 20 and at Auburn, 20 and eight. He, he reminds 
me of a uh, I, the Isaiah Thomas 2.0, the, the, the Celtics number four headband Isaiah Thomas. That's the guy who oh, reminds me of a playmaker, 20, okay. small in stature. Yeah, can get to can ram. He's not a great jump shooter yet. That's he gets the difference. Better. That's the difference. Like, and he did shoot better according to Travis Schlenk, our GM here in Atlanta, in the workouts, which they said, okay, he fell. He was a no-brainer to get. And we we traded to get Delon Wright, who we're not going to give you know Sharif Cooper the keys to the backup point guard position. You get the some stats, some stature, some size. He can defend a little bit. I like that. He can, he's known to get a steals, and then you have Sharif Cooper to kind of learn from him. Lou Will, you have him with Trey Young, who knocks on Sharif Cooper efficiency and turnovers. Who else had those same issues? Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Who else to learn from? From Trey Young, and then you have a head coach who's been a point guard in this league. So I think you bring in Sharif Cooper into a really good situation with guards that can really round his game out because he already has the talent. He's always one of the best, better passers in the draft. You have a good support system around him. Same thing with Jalen Johnson. He's going to come in. He's going to compete. He, I think he's going to be an impact on defense day one, and then gives him some time not to have the pressure on him because he's not starting to round out his offensive game. So I think the draft for the Hawks was the absolute slam dunk for them not to move and still talent the, those those talented young prospects who can make who both can make an impact sooner rather at the spot that they did without moving. That's why I think had one of the better drafts, one of the most drafts in my opinion. And I know it won't be talked about in the, in the national media. And I talk about my show, the Hawks disrespect. That's just gonna happen, man. Talk about us. Then we're not a small market. Atlanta has six, six, almost seven million people in the metro area. We got a small market down here. But you know what? They're not gonna same credit. They're gonna call this year a fluke. That's fine. Watch what we do next year. Watch what we do next year. I love it, man. I love it, y'all. You <laughs> you got the sauce for sure. And listen, you're right. Like, I think that Sharif Fallington was a nice pick. I like um, Jalen Johnson there as well. I think you did address some defense, and we can talk about, of course, Alon Wright. Um, kind of the next segment since it kind of falls between trades and free agency, but you you solidify that backup guard spot um, in a way that you kind of already had shored up with Lou Will. But this is like insurance if he decides to retire. But it seems, as you said, that he's staying to come back, and not just coming back, but like you said, coming back on, on the on the minimum. And I guess that's where I go with Hawks own free agents. We should start there. Um, who stays? Who goes for Atlanta? Obviously, you have a big one in John Collins, even though I guess it's been more reported that it's more positive he'll return. But you have him. Um, Kevin Herter is interesting. Uh, you, of course, already mentioned Lou Will. Like, like, what is up with the Hawks free agents? And and who do you think will will we'll be seeing in a Hawks uniform next season? And who might be in other pastures? I think John Collins is coming back. Yeah. Uh, and, and you said it as well. There's been reports that teams are growing more pe- to the idea that they can land John Collins. And I and I even said on my show that it needs to be a conversation. Uh, I know I'm all about players getting their bag. Mm-hmm. I'm all about people getting their bag. We talk about for program us both getting our bags eventually, yes, which is going to happen. And it's Appreciate. because you listeners, it's because you listeners that we'll be able to get our bags. And we're going to give our you know we're going to give our thanks to you when that happens. Same thing with John Collins. I don't want to stand in the way of a brother getting the bag. But at the end of the day, if he likes it here in Atlanta, which he says how much he loves it here. And the team had the success they did this year, and he was a key part of that. To have a conversation and say, hey, I know that you're worth max contract money. You're one of the best – you're probably the best power forward that's actually on the market in this free agent. If you go back and look at the list. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so you're, you're, you can, you can literally leave and go get max contract money. You may not be in a situation or a franchise who is on the upswing like Atlanta, but you can go get your bag. But if you can pull them aside and say, this is what our plan is going forward. And I think this is where Travis Schlenk is following that Golden State, you know, blueprint that he left when he came down to Atlanta to say, hey, if you can sacrifice now, this is what we're trying to do to get to an NBA championship. We knocked on the door in the Eastern Conference Finals. We weren't supposed to be there. Now we got to do everything we can. That, and I'm and I'm gonna be frank. I don't know if we can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, you have a healthy Brooklyn. You, you never know with Boston. Obviously, Milwaukee just won it all. Seventy uh, Sixers. Seventy Sixers are one free agent signing. That is Kyle Lowry. If they don't trade Ben Simmons from having no excuses to not win the NBA title. You said it. You they said are it. one signing away. And then you always have Miami. You have obviously the Charlotte Hornets. They're rising well. You never know about the Pacers. Who knows about Chicago? There's a lot of towards the bottom of the standings, there's a lot of question marks. So like and it was funny when I was watching the game, I had a, a friend of mine, she's actually from Phoenix, uh okay. likes 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 the Suns. And we were we 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 elected instead of enjoying the Atlanta nightlife at the local watering hole, we decided to watch game six against the Bucks. I why are we watching this? Why blah blah blah? I'm like, and I and I was frank, I said, because this is not guaranteed next year for the Hawks. For the landscape of the Eastern Conference, this is not guaranteed. And the Hawks right now, in this free agency period, they're trying to important thing, you bring back John Collins. That's First and foremost, you bring back John Collins. I said the second thing, get get you a veteran big with Oyekon Kongo going to be out for six months. Yeah, you need yeah. a big that can play behind Capella. And I'm torn between if I want him to be decent on the offensive end or defensive stopper. But you know what? For backup centers, this is a pretty good free agent class for backup centers. I'm looking at the list right now. You got Robin Lopez. Pretty yeah. decent backup center. Low post shot. monster. We saw how he carried the Wizards offense for stretches, you know, two to three minutes just with his hook shot that you can't block. Yes. Like Robin Lopez, if you want to go defense, Nerlens Noel is available. Now, I know New York's going to try to do, try to do everything they can yep. to get him back. But I'm just visioning if Oyeka on Congo is healthy and you have Nerlens Noel, that's gonna, they're going to be playing on the front court they're gonna be swatting everything it's gonna be like a barbecue here in south georgia just swatting that swatting balls all over the court that's what it's gonna be if you get nerlens noel so you have nerlens noel if you want to go offense you got enos Cantor, who you can sign on a premium mm-hmm. as a backup javel mcgee who obviously is getting that olympic and he can still be very serviceable as a backup room protector Yes, Dwight Howard. Who, if, if you want to bring him back to I'm back Atlanta, to LA, maybe. There's, yeah, there's <laughs> some backup centers mm-hmm. that Atlanta could go out and get. And the best thing they did was, and I said maybe, maybe go get a backup point guard. The trade to get Delon right, it saves you money. It's mm-hmm. me. That's Chris Dunn's contract and Bruno Fernando. Chris Dunn wasn't available this year. I would have loved to give him an opportunity, but if you're not available, you're expendable. And then you got Bruno Fernando really took a step back this year. Uh, he was basically a non-factor the entire year, which hurt me because I protected him to leap. 
You get rid of them, you get a true backup point guard. That's one less position that you have to spend in free agency. Tony Snell's contract to be off the books. That's $12 million gone. So that's more money to pay John Collins and get you a backup center. And let's run this back next year. Let's okay. run this back next year. You didn't let you, you, you didn't let Cam Reddish go. He's still DeAndre Hunter is going to be healthy. He would have been a most improved player candidate, in my opinion, if he would remain healthy the entire with the way that he was going. Uh, the future is very bright in Atlanta. So basically the main focus, keep this core together. And it looks like from the news that is coming out, obviously free agent starts August 6th. We still have some time right before my birthday. I'm going to be on the beach party and looking at free hey, agent signing. Hey, up. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, hands yeah, up, they hands up the, yeah. the booth. Nothing negotiating is, starts Monday. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, that, and the negotiating, that's where they can now talk about. Come to agreements come to agreement especially with extensions for trey young his bag is coming soon kevin herter who definitely showed his worth this year and i think right now it's about keeping the pieces together and i think next offseason we may talk about some shakeups and some moves and if you want to get there i can definitely foreshadow some things that maybe people may want to say what's going to happen next year listen man you give me a teaser i I say go for right now let's 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 take a pause on my next question what do you think you're looking at in terms of that? Because you do have, well, you know what? Actually, let's push that. Let's push that toward the end. We're going to do it toward the end. I'm going to do it toward the end. Because my next question is um, the free agent targets. You already mentioned a few of them. So I think we kind of got some of those. Are you looking for anyone? Um, you mentioned especially in the, in, the, in the big category, you know, with some guys who can kind of get some cheap rim protection, maybe some stretch shooting, maybe some low post scoring for moments. It's not at all going to be a focus for that team. And there's plenty of them there. Are you looking for anyone in terms of the swingman position, a guard? Do you think you're pretty much level with that? I think DeLon Wright helps with the point guard spot. Are you looking for backup too? What's kind of the thing for your swingman? Is that a is that an area of focus for you? Um, maybe a backup too, but I mean, because like I say, hey, how much can we really depend on Lou Will? How much can we really? I mean, he was very hit or miss, especially in the playoffs. Even in the regular, he had his moments. He had his moments. Maybe you get a backup too. Maybe if there if there is a market for that far forwards and swingmen, I think pretty much i think we're set with our future like i like bogey i like bogey a lot yeah i, I really do you like bogey bogey's very hit or miss and and i think the big thing with bogey in the hawks in reddish who's going to start do you want cam reddish to come off your bench that's true do you want bogey to be your sixth man like that those are the companies you have to ask and then mm-hmm. lou will is a combo guard that's why like i said yes he can play the point we saw it in that one game where lou will and draymond said lou win you a game against the bucks and won them again in the playoffs lou can do that but lou will is a, a combo guard have a guy yeah, in 35. So you have DeLon Wright, who can be the point guard. I think he's going to open more opportunities for Lou Will. Uh, so you could go for a backup. We'll be fine with where we are right now as well. I think center position, rim protection, some more rebounding. Because uh, I know Jalen Johnson's going to go get rebounds. Right? Mm-hmm. That dude's going to go get it. John Collins will get rebounds. When Okongu is healthy, he's going to go get rebounds, and he's going to challenge some shots. I think the I think we like I said one more a little bit more size I think and I think a JaVel McGee will be very nice very very not very nice like the <laughs> like very nice 
Yeah. In in Atlanta. Like, or Enos Cancer. If you don't want to, you don't need a defensive stopper. Cause like I said, Enos Cancer can go get points and stuff. And like he can do a little bit of shooting. And then you can let uh Okongu just run wild, just run, just run rampant. Doing go block game. shots, go get rebounds. You can do that. Uh Nerlens and well, if you know New York lets him go. I mean, like I said, I can see a front court off the bench where they are just swatting everything. It's a no fly. No fly zone. Like, like I said, like over war times. Oh, wow. Uh, like in okay. ba- bombs over Baghdad. Outcast oh, shout out to Bombs see? over Baghdad. Remember that song, man. You, you oh know what's going Yeah, I do. I, you, I said, you, I said, <laughs> I said, we're going to do it. You it. <laughs> you know it, man. Listen, but, bro. But, <laughs> but, uh, what are you saying? But, 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 that, but, but that's what I think. I just think that we let Tony Snell go. I mean, if we get another shooting guard, I want them at a premium. I don't want anybody that we're going to have to know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, our mo- our main focus is signing. There's nothing. There's nothing else. Nothing else at this at this point. Uh-huh. Then you can fi- then you can fill the holes in where they may. And then, like I said, we went and got a backup point guard. We've already done that through a trade without spending any free agent money. Center rim protection. Okay. Simple as that. Simple as that. Sounds good, man. Okay. I guess that leads me to um. My next to last, what's the best worst case scenario for the Hawks offseason? Honestly, it feels like, I mean, at least to start off, it doesn't feel like there is a worst case. You guys have already taken care of your business for the most part. Um, I guess you guys do have some big kind of free agents you guys could fumble the bag on. So what is the the best way for the Hawks to come out this offseason as clear winners? And what is a way that you come out and you're like, you know what? They had it going so well up to free agency, but they lost. I think best case scenario, John Collins comes back. We get them. The wheel does sign the veteran minimum, and you go get you a big that can get you some rim protection. That's going to play some decent minutes, especially with Oyeko Kongu uh, not being available for probably, I think, if the timetable holds up, I think it's four months of the NBA season, which is substantial. And, hey, he missed part of the NBA season last year as well uh, as a rookie, and still he turned it on as he went through. If we happen to lose John Collins, that is the worst-case scenario. We lose John Collins and you don't have Oyaka Kongo, you got to scramble. You have to scramble because I'm looking at the other power forwards. There's really nobody really. I mean, and here's my thing if it, John Collins is a guy you have to create offense for, you have to set him screens, you have to set him up because he can't, he can put the ball on the floor, but he's not elite at doing yeah. it. Yeah, spot up threes. Yeah, that's his, that's his thing. So if you get somebody who can fill that role, and you don't even have to give them that many shots. That's probably, like I said, best worst case scenario. If that happens, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, Bobby Portis, who who knows? Who knows where he where he's going to go? James Johnson, who That's knows? True. Kelly Olenek. I mean, Kelly Olenek wouldn't be a bad spot there. I would say. Uh, even had a good year in Houston too. Yeah, he he can shoot the ball. It wouldn't be terrible. John Collins by any stretch. I mean, but scramble there. But here's my thing: if you if you Take that route and you don't get John Collins and you get one of those players that will give DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Herder, Bogey. It will give them reins to take some more shots. And like I said, if you don't have to focus on getting your power for shots um, and I'm not, I'm not saying like them getting John Collins shots is hurting the offense. Collins needs at least 12. 12 attempts a game personally for him to be effective um, and to be just engaged in the offense. Yeah. And, and I think that would help him be more engaged on defense, but you take a step back and let those 
wing players really ascend up and give them more shots. I, it, I wouldn't be upset. I would hate to see John Collins go, but I want to see him get his bag. But if that happens, that would be the next thing. So other than, other than that, I feel like that is the worst scenario in free agency is not getting John Collins, but gave kind of a blueprint of what did happen, what they could do to still kind of keep afloat. Like I say, keep afloat and really give some players some opportunities on the roster who needs to get their shot attempts. I need, I think Herder, if Collins gone, I think Herder gets more shot attempts. And um, if he can get his 12 to 13 shot attempts, I think he's going to be very effective. Cam Reddish, if he can get comfortable, work on his IQ with his shot selection. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter, we already know he was second leading scorer before he got hurt over John Collins. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it's it's there. It's there. So we just gotta just see how it plays out, but take care of the business. Uh what what Marshawn Lynch, you gotta take care of your chicken. We gotta take care of our chicken. Yes, sir. John Collins right now. You you said it, man. You said it. And that's kind of I guess at least my last question. And also, like I guess it's two. One is like, how do you feel about Atlanta moving forward? You teased that there might be some moves happening. You definitely let us know here. Um also like this team, man. I mean, they you got John Collins up now, you know, Reddish shooting to follow. Hunter as well. Well, Hunter then Reddish, uh, of course, Trey Young. This team's gonna get pretty expensive kind of quick, right? Is that, is that what we're looking at here in terms of long-term projections for this Hawks team? Because you know, are we gonna see a deeper playoff run, or is there time in the next three to five years? Uh, just tell me what you're thinking about this Hawks team. You have your your finger on the pulse of this like team and community here. So give me like the, the projection of what you see coming up. So I think, and um, Chris Kirshner the program through the athletic shout out Chris um he even said that we're in an evaluation period right now for the Hawks we're trying to see who stays and who goes we have a lot of wings we have a lot of forwards right now they're not forwards but wings forwards between two and the four right now um that who can get their bag soon I feel like there's going to be an odd guy out that's why I can't register being shot now least least amount of film I think watch trade deadline or an offseason and I, I say this now, I want to see how this team plays. I want to see how they, because like I said, they, they're going to be a playoff team again next year. I, I, I can confidently say they're going to be a playoff team. I don't know about Eastern Conference Finals. Um, if they did get back to the Eastern, I still think that's a successful year for them. I still think so. If they get to the semis, I still think that's a successful year because the East is only going to get tougher. Um, it's, it's not the life in stock. It's not lopsided talent like it was about six, seven years ago in the NBA. It's a little, it's a lot more parallel in this league. And I, I can foresee, I can foresee potentially you packaging to try to, if you need to get a star in that wing position, mm-hmm. I can foresee next season, maybe not trade deadline next off season, a package where bogey reddish or, or herder, one of the two, one of those other two and some future picks probably get packaged together with a team to get us another star next to Trey Young, a true second star. I can see that happening, especially as we know how bogey can be. We know he can be really good or really blah. You saw that in the playoffs and through the regular season, he had a pretty consistent regular season. It was his first playoff in the NBA. 
we don't want to knock them too much. Mm, and of course. I, I, want another, I want another year with these guys as another valuation period. I think it'll be another year. Like, like I said, we, we overachieved this year. We have higher expectations. Let's see how they play. If trade deadline, if, if there's some struggles and you need to make a move, maybe look to the trade deadline to offload uh, Bogey or Reddish or one of those other wings who have value in draft picks. Because uh, Atlanta doesn't need any more draft picks for the next couple of years. I think so. I think, I think it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think as much as we would hate to see any of these guys, if we're comparing them to the Golden State Warriors, this is that Harrison Barnes type situation where ah. you were successful with Harrison Barnes, but if you offload them and another player and get someone else that can fulfill the need team and really mess with this team and mess with Trey Young, I think they can really make that next step. I, okay. I think they can do that. So I, I say for this year, keep the core intact. Let's see how we play again. Higher expectations. People are going to be looking for us more national televised games. Praise the Lord. We only had four last year. We're still going to be disrespected. Like I said, the bandwagon still isn't going to be as full, like I said, in the beginning of the program, because you know what? There's going to be people say this year was a fluke. There was injuries. You know, even though we went against a healthy Knicks team, went against yep. – and B played. He was hurt, but he – and then still dominated. Yeah. Then we still did that. Yeah. And then our player got hurt. So people are going to try to knock us just because because of recent history. You know, we haven't we haven't done we had we went to these conference finals 2017 uh, 2017 with all those players. Uh, yeah. Corvers and all that 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 team That's was they, they, they we did it. But after that, we haven't won an NBA title. We, but before before this year, we won our first Eastern Conference Conference Finals game in mm-hmm. in, in, in Hawks history. That's the first win because they got swept before by LeBron. Yeah. So people going to think eh, is going to have that respect. Let, this year we're going to run it back, bring everybody together, really evaluate. While like I said, while the the Lakers, the the Blins, you know the Bucks, while they really bow at the top. And those rosters get older while we enter our prime with the players we have. And I think that's what we're going to knock on the door and maybe surprise teams and get to an NBA Finals and and crack that glass ceiling probably in about four years or so. Okay. I'm about to say it was five years, like three to five, you think? Yeah, three to five, three to five. I like that. There you go. I like it. I like it. Yeah, because you're right. That 2015 Hawks team was the last team to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals um, before this past year. And you said that was a team with the four All-Stars. You had, you know, Paul Millsap, Kyle Corver, Damari Carroll, who didn't make it, but Al Horford and Jeff Teague. Those guys and you and Millsap, and Millsap is a free agent this year. I'm not saying go get him. I mean, Atlanta, ooh, ooh, ooh. Atlanta, they love their they, veteran I'm depth. I'm not saying go get him, but I mean, veteran depth. I mean, hey, yeah. like especially if if we don't get John Collins. I mean, hey, I mean, why don't you? Yeah, you said it. You said it. I hear you. Right, I hear you. Listen, I thank you, man. Um, you got any like last like things you want to plug? Anything you want us to look out for? Any little thing left? Um. I let you go here. It's been a great show. You've gotten us definitely keyed up on the Hawks as far as where they're going they're in a really good spot. But like, let, let's get our last words out of you, bro. Thank you again for your time, too, man. We really appreciate this, man. Corbin, thank you for having me, man. I just felt like you know, I got to got I got to get off my chest to a national audience. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I've been talking to you know my little group here on Hoopball Hawks, and some people are like, oh, the Hawks did this. Oh, I mean, I have to hey. 
The bandwagon is not full. Like I said, people ain't chasing behind it. Still some seats, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's still some seats. So tickets by tuning into my show, who talks, <laughs> getting I, all your news. I love it. You know, follow me on Twitter at Brad67. That is Brad J A R E T T 67. Also on Twitter at Hoopball Hawks. We're on all the platforms that you can get your podcast. If you really want to get your tickets, to the Hawks pod, to Hawks wagon before we get to where we are probably going to go, which is potentially the promised land and getting the NBA title um, probably in three to five years. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I love it. I love it. If you want to get your tickets, your tickets, you got to go through my show. You got to go through my show. You got to ride. You got to ride it because I'm going to bring the same energy every show. Where, where every show, y'all. I'm let me tell you. Which. Every show he does this. Yes, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, I said I said, um, and you know, I'm here. At, I'm here in Atlanta. You know, local time is almost one a.m. Party's just starting in Atlanta. We don't sleep down here. We always, we always hustling. We always doing something. So you know, oh what I'm my saying? gosh, man, Corbin, I can't thank you enough for having me on here. And you know, it was just, it was a fun one tonight. It's always fun when we get together. Hey, it really is, man. We gotta do this more often. I thank you again, again. Like he said, Brad Jarrett, sixty-seven. Brad J R R E T T six seven. Hoopball Hawks, check him out. Um, dude, he's he's one of the best. You're going to see him in a lot of places real, real soon. So definitely be on the lookout. Get on the train early, like he said. Um, but thank you, my friend. Uh, for Brad, for myself, y'all, this has been a Hoopball presentation. So Hoopball on Twitter, Hoopball tweets, online hoop-ball.com. A lot of content coming to offseason is literally just getting started. We are not through, and neither is Hoopball. So definitely make sure to stay on top of that. Uh, for Brad, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all say frosty, and I'll talk to y'all real soon. <laughs> All right, y'all. This has been a hoop ball presentation.